This is a story about a church, a story that began with a dream. It's a story about people, about transformation, about moments that lead to movement, only God moments. In 2010, Jared and Jeannie Stevens chose to follow a calling, a calling that could have only come from God. The dream was to start a church that would transform a city through the love and grace of Jesus. Not just any city, but one of the most influential cities in the world. By a string of only God events, God provided a home for Soul City Church right in the heart of the West Loop. A place that Soul City could grow in and utilize to truly be the church seven days a week rather than one. Now, we look ahead to what God has next. After years of planning and praying, Soul City is ready to build a true transformation ministry center on the land God has already provided. Our church is committed to make more room for more people each weekend, to make more room for small groups and recovery groups to gather in our space. We've begun an incredible faith-raising adventure that has seen our community ask, believe, and commit to being for the love over the next two years. We see more clearly than ever how God is leading this church to reach more and more people with the transformational love of Jesus. We can't wait to see how God is leading you to be for the church, to be for the city, to be for the love. Well, good morning. It's good to see you. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City, and I'm so glad you are here on this really important day in the story of our uh, church. And I have some exciting stuff I want to share with you, and then we're all going to take a field trip together in a little bit. But before we do, I want to let you know about what's happening next week, just so we can kind of take care of some housekeeping stuff. Uh, Next week, we kick off a brand new teaching series. We teach in blocks, usually for about a month or so on a topic. And so next week, we're kicking off a brand new teaching series called Defining Moments. And we're going to look at stories of folks who had a moment with Jesus and how that defined their life and how it affected them and those around them. And next weekend, I get to teach one of my favorite encounters with Jesus. And so I'm so excited for next week. And I hope that you join us as we look at our own lives so that we can commit to not missing moments that each of us have with God in our life. Uh, But today, like I said, is a really important moment as well. And as I was thinking of us being here together this weekend, I was thinking about uh, important moments that I've got to be a part of, uh, historic moments where I happen to be at the right place at the right time. I don't have a lot of them, and you may not even think they're all that important. So I wonder if you actually have in your life kind of historic or important moments that you were actually there for. Not like you like DVR'd it and watched it later. I mean, you were there. Like maybe you were there in Grant Park when President Obama gave his acceptance speech in 2008. Was anyone there for that? That was a historic moment. We got to be there and our city was on display for the world to see. It's an important moment to be there. Uh, Maybe you were there for Jordan's last game the second time. Uh, and And so you got to... Watch, and you you got to be there for the last time you'd see him wear a Bulls uh, uniform. Maybe you were there uh, when the Hawks won, one of the many times recently that they've won the Stanley Cup. Maybe you were there when they won. I know the first time they won a couple years ago uh, in this little run, uh, you know, the party broke out onto Madison, just right up the street here. 
And that's right where we live. And so I went upstairs and woke our son up, who was about uh, eight or so at the time, seven or eight or so at the time, and got him out of bed at 11.30 at night just so he could go there and be there in the moment. So we were down on Madison, and it was a party. Probably not a good place for kids. Uh, but I was there with him and had him up on my shoulders, and we actually got on the news because they thought, what father would bring their child uh, to, this, to this important historic moment? Uh, maybe you were there for, for that. Or maybe you'll be there this year when the Cubs win the World Series. Maybe you'll actually be there for that. And I, I hope you invite me along uh, uh, as well. Today, uh, we're going to have one of those moments where you're going to be able to add to your list and be able to say, I was there. I was actually there. I got to be there. I was there when it happened. Didn't hear about it later. Didn't read about it. I was there. Today we break ground on the next chapter in the story of Soul City Church, the only God story of Soul City Church. This is a historic day for our church that we have uh, planned for and prayed for for many, many, many years. Today we break ground on a brand new transformation center that's going right on the dirt just to the east of us that you may have been kind of wondering what that was all about. Uh, we break ground on our transformation center and this is a space that we really, our hope is that it is a space where every single person who walks in is welcomed. Everyone is welcomed. And no one walks out the same. That they're changed by having an encounter, and experience with the transformational love of Jesus. And that, that not only happens here on the weekends, but let me just say a word about that. We're creating a space on that land where we're going to be able to almost triple our seating capacity on Sunday. That's pretty amazing. While at the same time, the furthest seat in the room will be five feet closer from the furthest seat in this room. That's an architectural feat right there. And so we celebrate that. And we have three words that we are so excited to celebrate in that new room. No more pillars. And so we have full, unobstructed, if you happen to be the person every week who's stuck, sorry about it for you this week. And so, you know, now we love these pillars are a part of our story, but no pillars for you to get in the way in the next room. That means that we'll have more room for more folks and we can have more Sundays like we had last Sunday where we baptized 42 people in one day. And many of you who were baptized last week are here and you had no idea when you showed up for church last week, you were going to get baptized and you were so compelled and moved by the spirit of God that you were. We get to make more room for more Sundays like that. But more room in an auditorium is not all that God is doing and all that God is leading us to. We're actually going to be able to create more room for more small groups to be able to meet uh, all throughout the week. And you know, this is what's so fun. I don't, uh, this summer session of small groups that we have kicks off this next week, starts this next week. Uh, we have over 730 folks signed up to be in a group this summer, which is, okay, so I get it, that not as much hooting and hollering because you have no context. Let me just give you context to last summer. You're like, is that a lot? Woo! There's a reserved woo, and I get that. I understand. <laughs> what does the number mean? Well, that's up 50% from last year. It's pretty incredible when you think about it. So... Pretty incredible stuff happening there in groups. More room for more groups. In fact, half of our groups that are meeting this summer are meeting in this building. So good luck getting a room if you want one this summer. So we're excited about that, excited about the growth of what's happening there. It's also going to provide more space for more recovery groups to happen, like our AA meetings that happen here every week. And our hope and dream is that we would have a full recovery ministry where when life hits the wall, that this is the first place people think to come. 
because they know the good work that God does through broken people. And so we want to see all kinds of recovery groups. And so we're making space, we're making room for that to happen here as well. It's going to double the size of our Soul City kids and Soul City student space, which is really fun to think about how that will serve the children of this city and the families of this city that kind of come across this church. It's going to make more room for more places for them to connect. In fact, uh, in just a couple weeks, our Soul City summer camp, our kids camp, kicks off here at the church, meets here five days a week at the church. It's almost at max capacity. And here's what's so fun. Typically about, and this is what it's looking like for the summer, about half the folks who come to Soul City Kids Camp have never been to Soul City on a Sunday. That's, this is their first exposure to God and to this church is by bringing their kids to camp. And we get to make more room for them so that they can experience the transformational love of Jesus through the life of their children. It's also going to house our new Soul City Cafe, which we're very excited about, where folks can gather throughout the week to connect and to work and to max out our free Wi-Fi. So we're really excited <laughs> about that. It's also going to provide a venue, a space uh, for organizations uh, in the neighborhood and the city to use. In fact, a space for our partner schools to use uh, for whatever they may need, for graduation ceremonies or plays or productions. They can use that for a lot of different creative uh, and arts organizations here in the neighborhood and here in the city to have an actual space available to them, a great space that they can use. Local organizations already use our space uh, right now, but we're going to have more space for them to hold meetings and house community meetings. So we're really excited to be able to open the doors to the city. And this is going to be a center for transformation for souls in this city. And I got to tell you, uh, this is not something that Jeannie and I could have ever, ever dreamed of. There's no way we could have ever dreamed of all of this. In fact, uh, exactly seven years ago, uh, we gathered together about 30 or 40 folks in our living room to cast a vision for a church in downtown Chicago that would be for the soul in the city to see God change the world. And we gathered together, in fact, brought a picture here of us casting our vision there. And it was a really uh, powerful vision that we were casting for a, a downtown Chicago church. Only problem was uh, we were living in Atlanta at the time. So of the about 40 people that were there that night, uh, one of them actually made it here to Chicago. Amy Lawler made it all the way through. That just shows her incredible faithfulness and our incredibly compelling vision and leadership, Jeannie, that we got one out of 40 out of that room. Uh, leaders worth following. Um, we could have never, ever, I mean, in that room that night, you know, we were casting vision for what we saw God do and it had all of our dreams. We could have never, ever imagined this. And it's not for lack of vision. That, I mean, because that's actually all we had in those days. We had just vision. It wasn't for lack of vision. It wasn't for lack of Soul City coffee mugs. They debuted at that party that night. It was because the vision was never about a building. It was never about a building. The vision that God gave us, we've been trying to be faithful to live up to in our own lives as we lead this church, has never once been about brick and mortar. It's never what it's been about. The vision has always been about you. And what God can do through ordinary, everyday folks like you and me when we say yes to God. That's the vision. It's to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. Lead 
people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's what it's always been about. Now, the building, the transformation center that we're building, that is a part of the vision, but it is not the point of the vision. And we're going to be doing a lot of celebrate, and we're going to be doing a lot of construction over the next year or so, but we don't ever want that to get lost in all the dust of all the change that's going on around here. It's not about a building. Because a building actually can't bring an end to the senseless violence that is out of control in our city right now. How many more people have to die? Building can't do anything about that. A building isn't going to bring the much needed change to our Chicago public school system that is broken by bureaucracy and neglects those who need it the most. A building isn't going to restore and repair that. A building isn't going to shine a light and stand in the gap for the systemic racism that continues to plague our city, leaving us one of the most segregated cities in America right now. A building isn't going to do that. A building can't do that. A building isn't going to bring hope and healing and help to the thousands of folks who are homeless right now, this morning, in our city. A building alone can't do that. But God can. And God does through everyday, ordinary people like you and me. That's the vision. And that's why we want to make more room for God to move. Because when we make more room for more people to find new life in Jesus, when we make more room for more people to join up in what God is actually already doing in this city, we show this city what it is that we are actually for and who it is that we are actually for. That we aren't against this and against that and against them, but that we are for the love of God. That we are for the love of God transforming people like me, like you, from the inside out. That we are for the love of God transforming this city that we love from the inside out. Because, see, there's a thing that's just true of transforming people. It's just a universal truth about transforming people. Transforming people transform things around them. As God is shaping and growing and changing you, guess what you do without oftentimes even realizing it? You have an effect on others. And so our hope and our goal is to make more room for more folks to experience more of the love of God so as their lives are being changed by him, they will bring his change to this city. That's the hope and the vision that a building alone can never accomplish. But you can. We can. When we say that we are for God's love, and join him in this faith adventure. Our invitation from God, our marching order from God are really clear. It's really simple, but it'll change your life if you actually put it into play. It comes from a verse that we taught through this last fall. It's been at the center of our faith-raising adventure called For the Love. And it comes out of the book of 1 John 4, 19. You don't need to turn it there. We'll just put it up on the screen because it's a really short verse. And by the time you open your Bible, I'll already be on my next point. <laughs> so here's what it is. This is what it says. It says, we love because he first loved us. In fact, thank you for those of you who are doing some church up in here. Let's say that out loud together. We love because he first loved us. That is what it's all about. God went first and said, I am for you. I am for you. I am for you. And here's how I'll show you that I'm for you. I'm going to send my son to give his life for you. 
And by the power of his death and resurrection, you will have life with me. God was already for you before you even knew who God was. He was for you. And so because he loves me and because he loves you and because he loves this world, then we are for his love and we are for every single person that God loves. We are actually for them. We love others because God is for them. We love this beautiful and broken city because God is for this city. And you and I today get to put a stake in the ground and say what and who we are for. When I was a kid, I had an opportunity to be a part of something like this. Unbelievable in the story of our family. My uh, dad was pretty far from God. My mom kind of had walked away from faith for a little while. And, and they got around a group of people like you that loved Jesus and were trying to live it out in their everyday lives. And they got caught up in that. And these folks were actually starting a church. And so my parents just kind of threw their lot in with that. And at a very young age of five years old, I got to be around the start of a church from scratch. And I didn't really know anything different. All I knew is that these folks had kind of given sacrificially. They trusted God. These were, again, everyday ordinary folks that gave of themselves to a vision that God had given them. And they were able to purchase this old warehouse space. And I remember every Saturday we would have work days before the church was even really a church. We would get together and work on the church and knock down walls and paint walls. And I just remember, you know, I rode my little BMX bike around all the stuff and it made up for a lot of awesome jumps. And, you know, I was part of the solution. I was really, I was really helping <laughs> in those days. And what those folks who sacrificed and gave of, them t- of their time and their resources and their money, I don't think they had any idea what it was that God was doing. Because it was at that church that I found Jesus and gave my life to him. It was at that church that I was baptized. It was at that church that I fell in love with God through his word. And I learned about God through the Bible and through the Holy Spirit. It's all that church. It was that church I made friends that would walk with me through many, many, many seasons of life. It was at that same church that in my 20s, I sensed a calling, a stirring, if you will, from God to give my life to the work of the local church, called into full-time vocational ministry, as I would soon learn that they call that kind of thing. (laughs) It happened at that church. And you can draw a direct line from me here today to them there on that day. They had no idea. I don't think they had any idea. They were just being faithful and saying the next yes to God. But I'm here with you today, and in many ways this church is here today because of the faith of those folks. And so I wonder, who are you here for today? You have no idea what your faithfulness, your yes to God, you have no idea the impact that that will have. There's lives that will come after you, around you, many years from now that will be able to say, I know God because of their faith and their faithfulness. I actually have a relationship with God. My life has changed. My marriage was actually saved. Our family was reunited. This addiction was broken because there's a couple folks who I may never even meet who said yes to God and were faithful to him. Who are you here for today? 
Who will your sacrifice affect and change tomorrow? Whose future with God are you willing to invest in today? Because this is so important to us and we don't want to get lost on the who behind the why of what's about to happen in our church over this next year or so, we actually want to mark a moment and put a little stake in the ground and say, this is who we are for. And so in your seat back, there should be a little flag. Do you mind handing me one of those? Thank you. Why don't you grab that now and try it, please, not to poke or impale the person next to you <laughs> as you do. There should be a little Sharpie pen next to it. Grab the Sharpie if you would. And over the next couple seconds, just 30 seconds or so, what I want to invite you to do is to write the who for you. Who is this all for? And maybe for you, you know, this is your first Sunday ever at Soul City Church. Welcome. <laughs> you really know how to pick them. I'm just going to say that. And so you just need to write your own name because maybe you're coming back to God or coming to God for the first time. You say, you know what? I hope it's my life that's most affected and most changed by this place. Or maybe for you, it's someone that you know that doesn't know God yet. And you desperately long for them to have a relationship with him. There's someone that you love that needs to know how much God loves them. Maybe it's a kid, a child of yours, a spouse, a neighbor, a coworker. Maybe for you, it's a group of people. It's like you think about the children in our public education system right now and you go, God, I pray that through my faithfulness, we would see change brought to that system. Or maybe it's a kind of whole group of people that you feel maybe has been overlooked and all they've heard is who's against them. And you go, no, I want this church to let them know that they are for them. So maybe it's an individual, maybe it's a group. I just want you to take 30 seconds or so and as many names as you can think of and or fit on this little flag. I want you to take a second and write it and then I'm gonna lead you through some instructions as we head outside onto the land to mark this moment together. So go ahead, take a moment and fill your flag with the who behind the why of what we're about to do together. So you can keep writing while I'm talking right now. But here's what we're going to do. In a moment, I want to pray, and then we're going to gather up all of your belongings. So grab, grab all your stuff and all your people that you're with. And we're actually going to head out into the land. And some of you have never even been out in the land before. And so you get to walk out there for the first time. Some of you have prayed over that land. And you've given to see God move through that land. But we're going to walk out, and you're going to have a chance to head over and put your little stake in the ground. You'll see a bunch of flags right to your right when you walk out there. And as you do, I want to ask you to just say a little sentence prayer. You may not know much about how to pray. You've been praying your whole life, but just a sentence prayer to just say, God, I pray that you would move through me for them. God, I pray that you would move through me for them. And then I'm going to ask you to come over and come as close to the stage as you can. 8 a.m. kept like a... 60-foot barrier between us and them. I took it personally. Don't, 
do that, okay? So as soon as you put your flag in the ground, say a sentence prayer, come all the way up to the front of the stage, and we're going to worship God together on the land that he's given us. So let me say a prayer for us as we prepare to walk out in faith. God, thank you so much that you went first. How can we possibly thank you? Before we even knew you, you were for us. Thank you. And I know there's some folks here today who've never even thought of that before, that you were for them. And I pray that they would get caught up in your love for them today, that we would all get caught up in your transformational love, that you really do change people from the inside out, and that you really can change a city from the inside out through ordinary, everyday people like us. You move in extraordinary ways, God. And so help our faith to meet your faithfulness this morning, we pray, God. Thank you for the land. Thank you for the possibility. Thank you, God, for the vision you've given us. It's never about bricks and mortar. It's always about the people you love. And help us to be in one heart and one mind as we walk out together right now, we pray in your name. ground. This is sacred ground. And we're not the first to stand on sacred ground or holy ground. We actually stand in a long lineage of folks who by faith step forward believing that God would. And there are folks who stood at the edge of a sea and put their feet in and said, took that step and said, God, I believe you're going to part these waters. There's folks who stood at river edges and believed that God would stop the rivers. And so they took a step onto that holy ground. There are folks who stood at the edge of a promised land that had been promised for generations and they got to stand and take the first steps into that. There are folks who took steps around walls and believed that God would tear those walls down. And then they got to stand as God rebuilt the city walls of Jerusalem. We're not the first to stand on holy ground, but something that's true of every one of those stories is that there was no magic moment that made the ground holy ground. There's no prayer we're going to pray here in a little bit that all of a sudden makes this ground sacred. What happens every single time is that people realize that the ground is already holy because God is already here. He's already moved. He's already present. He'll continue to do so and continue to be so. And so we get to be a part of something God is already doing. How cool is that? And I just want to say a word to those of you who've partnered up with what God is doing here. Back in the fall, we did a faith-raising adventure where we set out to have 100% participation from our church. That's all, just 100%. We wanted everyone to have their own faith adventure with God. And so we asked you to ask God for how he was leading you to believe that God would provide you with what you needed and then commit to giving to this vision over the next two years. And I just want to quickly say a word to those of you who were here and did that. You asked, you believed, you committed, and you've begun giving towards that. You have no idea what that means. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for following through with your yes. Thank you for that. We have folks in our church who've actually finished the commitment they made in the fall and are already considering what else they can give to God. How cool is that? 
And then I want to say a word to those of you who maybe made a commitment to God back in the fall. You were moved by what God was doing. You prayed, you believed, you asked God, you committed. And for whatever reason, haven't begun to give towards that. Because life happens, things happen, we get busy, I get it. But if you have yet to give towards that commitment, I want to strongly encourage you to start today. To not wait till the end of the two years to hope it all comes together, but to faithfully give towards that today. And there's a couple reasons I want to take this moment on this land to tell you that. First is because it makes a big difference to our lender, being really real with you. Like they're looking at this church going, wow, five-year-old church raised that much money? Are they really going to raise it? Is it really going to come in? And so we want to say, yeah, it is. Like kind of like that with a little sass. And we want to be able to tell our lender that. And so we want you, if you've made a commitment, to follow through with it, to begin in some small way working towards that goal that you and God made together. And more than just for what it says to our lender and what it provides, I mean, this really, all of this doesn't happen without you doing that. This isn't like a spectator thing. This is 100% participation. So if you made a commitment, follow through. Because that's what God led you to, and we want to encourage you to do so. And then if you're kind of new around here, maybe you weren't here this last fall or you kind of just started coming to Soul City again. Maybe this is your first day. Again, impeccable timing. We're glad that you're here. And you want to learn more about what it means to be a part of what God's doing here. This amazing story of what God's doing here. And before you leave today, we want to let you know that we have a little packet for you that has everything that we had when we went through this in the fall. There's a little devotional in there, a little prayer process for you that our volunteers and our team came up with. It's amazing to lead you through a process of coming to how you want to participate in what God's doing. And I want to let you know, I don't think you're here by accident. I don't think you're here by accident. And so maybe you want to grab one of these before you leave today so that you can join up and be a part of what God's doing here. They're going to be at the white tents right in the back when you leave here in a moment today. Grab that because we want you to be a part of what God is actually doing here. And to kind of move forward in this time, what I want to do right now is pray with you. And we're going to do that in a creative way. I want you to pick a direction to stand, north, east, south, or west, and we're going to pray in that direction. And so if you aren't familiar, you're a little directionally challenged, you don't have Siri out with you, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. It's hard in the city sometimes. That's north, okay, that's west, south, east, got it? And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn and face the south if that's maybe where you live or where you're from or you have friends that live south of here or maybe you want to pray for the couple hundred thousand college students that actually live right in this little corridor right here on Roosevelt. And so I want you to turn to the south if that's you and in a moment I'm going to lead us through a prayer. And maybe what you want to do is turn to the west because you want to actually pray for our partners that we have in the west, our partnership that we have with Brown Elementary School our partnership that we have with debt, our partnership that we have with Breakthrough Urban Ministries. You can face the West if that's you. You want to pray for our neighbors on the West side that we love. You can turn that way. Maybe you want to turn to the North and pray for our neighbors in the North. And specifically these neighbors right here who we've been bugging all morning with all of this. And so you can pray for them and pray for this neighborhood that God's light and His love would shine through most here. Or maybe you want to turn to the East and pray for our city. Pray for City Hall. Pray for our elected officials. Pray for those who God actually might be aligning our lives to partner with to bring about real change and transformation in this city. So whatever direction you want to face, I want to encourage you to take that 
place right now and face that way right now. So go ahead and turn, and I'm going to pray for us all. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you, God, for how you've led us here. And God, thank you that it's your love that surrounds us from the north to the east, the south to the west. There is no limit to your love, God. And you love every single person that we come into contact with. And you are a God who is for them. And so help us be a church that is for them as well. And so, God, we pray in 360 degrees, we pray for all of our neighbors and all of our family and all of our friends and for this city that you love and that we love. And we pray that your love would be made known through us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. We're going to celebrate. We're going to worship together. And as we do that, I want to invite some of the leadership team to come up here, members of our elders and our stewardship team, members of our staff. our Van Dixhorn family that helped us find this building in the very, very beginning and drove down here from Kohler to be a part of this with us today. Uh, Kenya Sadler, the principal of Brown Elementary is here. You need to come up here. You can't hide in the back, Kenya. And, uh, and also our kids are going to help us break ground because they have been in this from the very, very beginning. Uh, and so we're going to grab a, uh, a shovel and put on a hard hat And as we do that, and then we're going to move into a time of worship, I want to read uh, a declaration of who we believe you to be, Soul City Church. Uh, This is who you are and who God has called us to be. Soul City Church, you are a community that is for the love. Your love seems to never give up. You're tenacious and bold, and you're filled with mature courage. Your love is selfless. You truly care more for others than for yourself. You love the overlooked, you welcome the forgotten, you embrace the rejected, and you bring healing to the hurting. Soul City Church, your love is kind. You are humble and gracious. You look for opportunities to extend mercy. Your love is wise. You don't force yourself on others. You reveal your love by serving and by giving and caring. Soul City, your love is bold. You are one courageous community. Your love is faithful. Nothing seems to stop you from walking on water. In fact, you seem happier in the wind and the waves than safely in the boat. Your love is filled with forgiveness. You don't keep a record of wrongs. You are exploding with grace. Soul City, your love is rooted in prayer. You pray fiercely and boldly. Your love is passionate. You sing and you worship as if to shake the heavens. Your love is honest and sincere. Your love is healthy and wholehearted. Your love is uncommon in this world. You're not chasing success by the world's standards. Your love is filled with joy. You are fun and you laugh and you dance and you delight in your lives. Your love is rooted. You're established and you're guided by God's word and you are devoted to knowing it. Your love is welcoming. Those that never thought they would be at home in a church feel at home with you. So City, your love is generous. You never stop looking for an opportunity to give. Your love is changing the world. Your love is leading people to Jesus, the one whose love sets us free. And so we are going to break some ground. We're going to celebrate and we are going to worship like never before on this land that God has given to us. So let's break some ground, friends. For the love of your king. 